Um, I think it is really going to be very dependent on um, schools, daycares, and even nursing homes to the extent that caregiving can, um, you know, move out into to the extent that you can hire people to do caregiving for you, right? I think that will help women stay in the labor force. That's how we've always done it. And unfortunately, I think that's still how employers treat it. They still feel like it's, you know, your choice. You have caregiving duties and you figure it out. Um, but when all those options were taken away, there was nothing for, for women to fall back on, right? Or for caregivers to fall back on. Welcome to Nativa podcast series, where we provide a weekly analysis of the most latest topics trending among the diverse groups in the United States. I'm Natasha Pongonis, co-host of the Nativa podcast, and today I have joining this podcast my co-founder and business partner, Eric Diaz. We have one of our analysts, Erica Rojas, and I'm very excited to introduce to one of our uh, guests, Joy, Dr. Joyce Chen. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having so, me. Yeah, so last week we did an analysis. Uh, we collected a large volume of data from Twitter, analyzing conversations in the complexities, the, the primarily um, minority groups, Blacks, Hispanics, um, Asian Americans, are experienced during the, the pandemic. And it was very interesting just to see the dynamic uh, between primarily females expressing some challenges and working from home and taking care of the children, the family, keeping up with the work, um, perhaps some challenges in the setting at home. Uh, and there was also some positive comments about some women expressing that through the pandemic and working from home, they feel more creative and perhaps also more productive. Um, and as we were doing this analysis, actually I came across an NPR interview with you, uh, and it was it really caught our attention the title, which was even the most successful women pay a big price in the pandemic. Um, so I wanted to have the opportunity to have you in the podcast and go over some of you know what you have experienced, what you see. Um, you are an associate professor at the Ohio State University uh, in development economics. You have done a lot of research in this topic. So. Um, Again, I would love to have your, your input. We have some questions prepared. Um, but again, thank you for joining us today. And uh, I'm going to just get started with the first questions. Um, since the quarantine, many companies have switched to remote work. Could this help minimize the gender wage gap since both men and women are expected to for perform similar jobs? I definitely think it could. And I think early on in the quarantine, a lot of women were really excited because they had had requests for flexible work and remote work um, turned down in the past. And so the, the quarantine was really kind of like a reset where all managers could see actually that, that this functioned pretty well, that um, employees were on task, getting their work done, that face-to-face -face interaction, um, you know, while beneficial was not essential um, and certainly wasn't essential on a regular basis. And so I think that gave women a lot more flexibility in terms of when they worked, when they could be with their kids, right? So you could do something in the middle of the day. Um, and there was less maybe um, 
less emphasis put on that kind of FaceTime that we often see in office settings, right, where people expect you to sort of be there at your desk or at the water cooler or whatever it is, right, from eight to five or longer if you're really committed. Um, we didn't, that got taken away with the, uh, with the possibility of remote work. So I think that that will help women um, for sure. So I think some of the other questions that we had is, you know, during uh, from OYE research, uh, we found that many women, um, again, expressing some of the challenge of working from home um, and taking care of their children. Uh, do you think that this could impact the preference of who, male or female, um, might employ employers decide how to hire, who to hire? But also, uh, what do you think will be the preference moving forward? Let's say, assuming the pandemic uh, will be taken under control in the upcoming months, and have you have the options to either stay home or work, go back to the workplace? Do you see there might be a discrepancy between um, gender and in preference? Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to depend a lot on how much school and, and childcare can return to normal and how quickly. Um, because we've already seen in between August and September that there were like 865,000 women that dropped out of the labor force compared to something like 215,000 men. Um, so some folks are already calling this a she session <laughs> where mm. it's really women um, who are picking up a lot of the caregiving, right? In part because maybe that was their role to begin with, in part because oftentimes they're the lower earning spouse um, within a couple. Uh, and so, um, and even those who don't drop out, I hear lots of stories of women stepping back, right? Not taking on projects, not taking on collaborations, um, not doing lots of things or not going for a promotion that they otherwise would have because there are so many demands um, at home. So I definitely think we're gonna see that um, ripple out for the next several years. And then the other thing perhaps for women is that, you know, face to face, there's also a lot of um, networking and mentoring that occurs. And because women tend to have smaller networks, professional networks to begin with, not being face to face can make that even more of a challenge. So you don't have folks to kind of help you through um, mm -hmm. problems at work or direct you towards towards good opportunities. And Dr. Chen, I, I guess I've got a question that uh... I guess uh, it's kind of close to home for me. So I have a, a fiance that's expecting. And, you know, for somebody that is in a position like that, that, you know, for, you know, trying to find maybe potentially a new job in the age of uh, a pandemic and then having childcare responsibilities, you know, it, it, just curious if you um, have, have seen anything in your research about like, you know, how women are, are going about that. Like, are, are, are there anything changing with the way they maybe do their, uh, planning for their families and, and all of that and trying to balance a job as well. Yeah, I, well, I think in that respect, we're definitely seeing that kind of K-shape um, that folks have been talking about in terms of recovery, right, where um, there are a lot of women who don't have those choices, right, don't have the flexibility to stop working and stop earning money. And so they're having to make do with all kinds of arrangements that they sort of cobble together on the fly, I think, with friends and neighbors and family. Um, and then we also have the higher income folks who um, can form pods and get tutors and pay for kind of special accommodations for their kids. Um, one thing that'll be interesting, I think, is I hear more and more about jobs that are advertised for any location now because it's all remote work. And so mm. that will be interesting because I think women have been 
um, are, are more likely to be restrained by location of their spouse's job, right? They're sort of the trailing spouse. So now that we've opened up perhaps more opportunities where you can work from anywhere, um, that might be a good option. That's a good point. I mean, there's so many companies, and Erica, I think you, you found uh, some of this in your research, and I'll ask you, let you ask some of your questions in a sec. But, um, but the, um, but like, yeah, for example, if certain companies have, say, now we're 100% working from home, you know, it, and I don't remember if like Twitter, I don't remember exact ones, but like now maybe you can say, oh, well, I can go work for Twitter, you know, I can do it from my bedroom, you know, and, and that's like a, a great opportunity for, you know, somebody that doesn't live in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So that'll be interesting to see. Yes. The other interesting thing about that that I've heard is that they um, are struggling with how to adjust salaries of existing mm -hmm. employees. Ah. So those firms based in Seattle, San Francisco that have really high costs of living, if they find that their employees are have moved out of that area, there's actually some effort to take their salaries down to match the cost of living where they're currently at. <laughs> Nobody likes that. Uh, at least yeah. no employee likes that. But uh, it makes sense. I, I get it. <laughs> so uh, based on your experience and research, do you think the rate of women dropping out of the workforce will increase, decrease, stay the same within the next one or two years? And why do you think that? My guess is that it will still increase for a while. Um, I think it is really going to be very dependent on um, schools, daycares, and even nursing homes to the extent that caregiving can, um, you know, move out into to the extent that you can hire people to do caregiving for you, right? I think that will help women stay in the labor force. That's how we've always done it. And unfortunately, I think that's still how employers treat it. They still feel like it's, you know, your choice. You have caregiving duties and you figure it out. Um, but when all those options were taken away, there was nothing for, for women to fall back on, right? Or for caregivers to fall back on. So I think it will continue as long as those caregiving options are, are limited. Um, yeah, and, and it may take a while to bounce back because you do get penalized for gaps in your work history too. Mm -hmm. um, we know that, you know, when you take a break and it's not really explained, um, so we'll see if, if employers find this to be a sufficient explanation for a gap or not. Right. So um, during the pandemic, there's been so many new innovations. And so during these times, there have been many remote innovations from companies and employees alike. New ideas are arising. Could this potentially increase the job market for women who prefer to stay at home after the pandemic? Can you share a little bit about your ideas or experience that you've had? Yeah, I think it definitely could. And like I mentioned early on, right, I think it's been very welcome for women to see, for employers to see that flexible work really is feasible and remote work is feasible. Um, and there's less of that, you know, to be honest, there are probably a lot of employees who can get all of their tasks done in less than a full work day, you know, in most cases. And having that flexibility to not have to sit there right, um, at your desk is, um, is great, I think, um, especially for those who have caregiving responsibilities. Um, but I do think with more remote work, we're going to have to um, really address this issue of caregiving and work-life balance, right? That's one thing I've heard from a lot of people is that with, you know, with caregiving duties or not, is that work and life just completely bleed together now, right? Your computer's there. You know, I work in my bedroom, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, 
just always you feel like you're always on people have a hard time turning off um, and telling other people that they're off right and so I think that collectively we're gonna have to come to some understanding of what's what sort of boundaries look like um, when we work remotely mm -hmm. right so we have this other uh, questions now that many employees are working from home um, you shared a little bit about your experience do you do you think women have more advantages to outperform in their roles? There's like certain um, job roles that maybe it could fit best for women during this quarantine. Um, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that could potentially, um, again, you know, to the extent that there's more flexibility, I think women oftentimes are looking for more flexible work options. Um, so that'll be a plus uh, or means to be seen. I know, you know, sometimes it's hard to, um, in hard for women to interact with men and vice versa. So I don't know how that, it'll be interesting to see how that changes um, with all of everything being remote, whether it's gonna be um, harder for harder women for to women. be heard uh, in this kind of Zoom setting. I think it's hard for a lot of people to be heard in a Zoom setting, right? Because you, people sort of talk over each other and um, it's hard to see the visual cues uh, that we might get otherwise. Um, and then the mentoring piece, I think, too, will, will be more of a challenge for women because, again, they're more likely to be disconnected from professional networks or less well-connected um, to those professional networks. Um, one plus might be doing less um, kind of invisible labor and less sort of service, right? I know that um, or you hear stories of women oftentimes being tasked with um, you know, just doing little things around the workplace, right? Organizing a card for somebody's birthday or retirement celebration, right? Or all of those little things that take up time in your day and take away from your work, but don't really count for anything, right? That nobody sort of recognizes or gives you a raise for or promotion for. Um, so those things might, we might see that ease up a little bit, which, um, which could be nice. Erica, I guess um, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you saw in your research, and maybe we can compare Dr. Chen. I don't know if you um, see any similarities or differences between what you've seen in your research. So, so Erica, from some of the research that, that you found, that you saw a lot of discussions about people talking about what both challenges and, and opportunities for working from home, right? right. Can, can you just share, like, maybe a, you know a couple things about what you what you noticed from when you were researching? Uh, I think via Twitter. Yeah, so we did see, as we mentioned, the complexity of um, having the right work environment while working from home. Uh, we, we can look in the perspective of a mother, of a student, of uh, just like a computer associate and working for a company. So preparing the work setting, the environment, that's, I've, I've figured that that has been a big issue during this quarantine, creating that work environment. Um, can you share a little bit about that or expand um, how your experience has been or how we can deal with that during this quarantine? Yeah, that's a really interesting issue too, because as you say, the space is a big um, challenge, right? Um, finding your own space, right, where you can work um, uninterrupted, sharing space, sharing broadband, right, where now everybody's on a Zoom all the time. Um, at the same time has been a challenge and workplaces from what I've seen have not done a great job of kind of stepping up supporting that work from home right the 
they've been okay on kind of the equipment side, but I haven't seen supports for anything beyond that, right? Sort of, okay, we can give you a computer and a monitor, um, but other than that, you're sort of on your own, right? And it's hard to, to work from your home, right? When um, there are other people there, right? Even if it's not kids, even if it's your spouse or a dog or whatever, right? There's always just more distractions. It's harder to be focused. Um, and I find personally that, you know, with my kids, I have a hard time just in the whole pandemic scenario, I have a hard time saying no to them, right? If they just want to talk or something, right? They stick their head in and say, hey, mom, blah, blah, you know, it's really hard for me to say, I'm trying to work right now, you know, <laughs> please go downstairs or whatever, right? Um, because you have all this guilt, right? I know that they're not getting what they need. And even with coworkers, right? I know that everybody is struggling everybody needs interaction um and so it's hard to to break away from those things too i think and, and stay focused on work that's cool i have found about this pandemic experience is also even using zoom it, it allowed us to humanize the other person a little bit better i mean you know yesterday i was in another zoom meeting and you know, a little kid walk into the room and he was asking for help to the dad. And and it's something that now we all understand, right? Mm -hmm. You work, but at the same time, you also have to support your family. And I think it makes perhaps a little bit, my experience, been more tolerant and mm -hmm. perhaps more understanding. Um, the work is important, but you also have to be there for your family. You still have to be there for your neighbors or your community. So I think, you know, looking back, hopefully um, we will, be able to see the positive of the pandemic that allowed us to actually be a little bit more kind and, and pause and understand that there are some many other priorities as well. But yeah, I think, you know, we really thank you, Dr. Chen, for your time. This has been absolutely great uh, to hear your input and, and your experience. Uh, we're very honored to have you in, in this podcast and we look forward to having you perhaps in another interview later on. That would be great. Thank you so much for inviting me.